On the subject of health, we're brutally honest and sometimes possibly graphic. If this isn't your thing, feel free to skip. Also, if you feel you're affected by any of the topics we discuss, don't hesitate to contact your GP and seek proper medical advice. Nothing from us numpties. Welcome to Parents Evening Podcast with me, Sophie, and my parents, Joe and Matt. Hello. Hello. So what have you both been up to this week? Personally, very little. I think because I wrote five days last week, I ran out of energy this day and I managed this week, I managed to write twice. Uh, So I've edited chapter one and I've started chapter two, but then I'm not fully happy with it. So I've just been sort of brain noodling and I was waiting for a delivery and I don't like to be upstairs because we haven't got a doorbell. So it's a rat-a-tat-tat. And if I'm upstairs with my headphones on listening to music, then... I don't hear the door and I so because I didn't know when the delivery was coming I didn't go upstairs to the computer room very much but I've said to you before don't worry about it just go and do what you've got to do if no one answers when they deliver they'll either put a card through to pick it up from someone else or they'll take it back to a depot I know nothing's that urgent I was fine well it was actually I was fine doing that pre-covid yeah Post-COVID, I wouldn't take any deliveries in for anyone else and I wouldn't expect any neighbours to take a delivery in for me because of the whole social distancing thing. But it's kind of irrelevant because you fully sanitise your hands straight after you get a delivery from the postman or Amazon. So whether it's from a neighbour or from Amazon, the procedure would still be the same. I know, but it's somebody else going up to a neighbour's door when they're not expecting that someone to come to their door. As we've as, as we've then, found out before, more often than not, they go to the little old lady over the road, who I've seen takes in, God, she must take in a dozen Amazon deliveries a week for her kids. So she, I think she welcomes seeing someone, to be honest, because she's forever coming to the door and picking up Amazon deliveries, and then her kids come and visit at the weekend, and they come out with these armfuls <laughs> of boxes. <laughs> so nine, nine times out of ten, it would go over there. Yeah. Or to next door, who we know they're all right. And, yeah, I say I'm yeah. just not. If I know there's a delivery coming, I hang around yeah. down here for. But it. I, I don't think you should change your day for an Amazon delivery. But if no one's in, they'll either take it back and re-deliver or drop it off at someone's house. I suppose so. I say I'm just not at the moment with the whole social distancing thing. I'm not comfortable expecting somebody else to take in a delivery for us. No, especially well. when we're in the house. I mean, I've been shielding, I've barely mm. left the house. Yeah, but you're not expecting them to take it. You still you still listen out for the door. You're yeah. just getting on with your day. You're still in the house. Yeah, but I've got headphones on, listening to music, so that I'm not listening to your school teachers, and so that I've got noise mm. going on, because I can't just sit there in silence. It's not silence but because I can hear your teachers, but I don't want to get distracted, and I feel bad about almost listening in to school children's lessons. So I have my headphones on with music playing quietly, but loud enough that I can't hear what's going on in your room, yeah. but I wouldn't hear somebody rat-a-tat-tatting no. at the door. Well, I just think that's part of being a delivery person. we we'll deal with it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. We've seen anything like the one that delivered my keyboard. Because he, he knocked on the door and I think he went to the toilet. So I was upstairs and I heard the door. So I started coming down and he starts banging on the door. I'm kind of thinking, okay, I'm, I'm like, it's been two seconds, give me a chance. And then he's at the window looking in, going, kind of looking around to see if there's anyone there. It's like, chill out. 
But I saw a thing once, and they're on really tight schedules because on mm. their pay, they're really harsh bastards on how they pay them. And they've got to get through a certain amount of deliveries per hour to get their quota of their pay. Yeah, I understand them being a bit harassy, but if no one's answering, they've got to deal with yeah, it. And that's the way it is. I mean, there was one time before I was using headphones to block you out. Nice. Um, <laughs> I was up there doing my journaling. Might have actually been before you were working from home. I was up there doing my journaling hour, mm. which is a crowdcast thing, so there's somebody talking to you. And I did hear the door. I don't want to rush down the stairs in case I fall, which is quite likely to happen to me. By the time I actually got to answer the door, he was on his third knock, and he was hammering the door, which was quite concerning. No, not really. Fair problem. Yeah. Yeah, but when you've got... It's part of their huge, job. When you've got huge anxiety issues, it's not nice to have somebody... Almost with a battery. To be honest, you'd have been better off going to the front window in the little room, opening it up and saying, Come in. Sling it over the side wall. Yeah, but. I mean, depends what delivery is, obviously. (laughs) And the window's upstairs. Yeah. It's only the top bit that opens. Yeah. I can't get my hands through the blinds to open the top bits. It scratches my wrists to kingdom come. I've tried in in the office. Right. Um, So I have to pull the blind up. Then do the whole how do I secure it thing, and then actually reach those top windows. Okay. My biggest problem is the key falling out, which we've discovered <laughs> happens. Yeah. <laughs> which was a problem which I'm really, really wary of yeah, opening yeah. those windows. Dad opened one, the, there was a fly. The front window. You, you open the window and just push it open. We leave all the keys in the locks, mm. pushed it open. And the I key heard, fell out. I heard a tinkle as noise. As it was up. And I went, have you just dropped the key? And Dad went, no. I said, I've heard something. And he had a feeling. He went, oh, yes. So the scra- I went gone. out and scrabbling around in the street to pick up the key. And it's snowed. No. Snowed. It's It's snowed. Oh, my God. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't speak. I thought it was just me. As it snowed. <laughs> So what have you been up to this week? Oh, bloody hell, probably less than you. I think it's the weather. I've just done so little this week. Have you gone for a run? Once, which was like a couple of seconds off my slowest ever. Mm-mm. Yeah, but it was bitterly it's cold. Bitterly cold, and I think the, the cold air, as I breathe it in, really affects my asthma, so I just, it was shit. You've been to the dentist? Oh yeah, I mean, an interesting week apart from that. I mean, I went to the dentist, had a feeling, another one. That was interesting day before that actually went to give blood and interestingly giving blood should have put this on the helper episode <laughs> discovered i've got another bloody illness every time i go to give blood yeah. i always feel a bit bad because she says oh give me your middle finger so i'm like <laughs> <laughs> uh, they take a like a prick test yeah um just to test for stuff on the spot my middle finger was completely white and it felt numb it was just from the cold which I'm used to, it just, it happens. And she went, oh, that's not good. And she was rubbing it and trying to get it, sort of, some colour into it. And nothing was happening. She said, oh, I'll take it from another finger. The ne- next one's a bit white, but not as bad. So she eventually, she had to really squeeze it. She got some blood out of that. I said, yeah, I said, I don't know what's happened with that. I said, it happens occasionally. I said, it goes really white with cold and it goes really numb. She said, does it hurt? I said, not hurt, it's just really completely numb. Can't feel it at all. She said, oh, it looks like you've got Raynaud's disease. What? Sorry? <laughs> what? <laughs> she said, oh yeah, we've had a few people in, because of the way the temperature's been lately, we've had a few people in with that recently. Uh, yeah, what, what, <laughs> what? Um, she didn't really explain 
but as I was having the blood done, they give you a rolled up bandage yeah. in a cellophane wrapper to squeeze in your hand yeah. to get your veins working. And as I was doing it and the longer it was going, all my fingers were going white and sort of numb. And I chatted to the guy, because there was a problem later on, my flow slowed right down and set an alarm off with the thing. <laughs> So he had to come over and hold the needle in the correct place. He said, everything's just slowed right down. It's just, it won't go through. So he was holding it and jiggling it. That's not nice when they're jiggling it about in your vein to get the right flow. Um, and I was saying to him, I said, oh, so apparently I've got Raynard's disease. Apparently the woman told that. He said, oh, yeah. He said, uh, looking at your fingers, I can see that because they're all white. And he said, do you get pain? I said, no, just go numb. He said, oh, yeah. He said, it's something to keep an eye on. He said, just wear gloves more often. When you're out and it's slightly chilly, wear gloves keep you at bay so yeah I've got Raynard's disease apparently <laughs> I looked it up didn't I when I, I got back you not looked it up it's the small blood vessels don't do something so a lot of people with it their extremities go white and it can be quite painful or go numb like mine do but they, you also said it can be caused by stress as well yeah not just not, nec- not just an effect it can be caused brought on by stress a bit like I've not had any of that recently <laughs> So yeah, found that out this week. There you go. And I didn't find out something because it, we did it back to front. I gave blood on Thursday. They give you an iPad and you have to fill in all these yes, no questions. Mm-hmm. Have you had sex with someone from a different country in the last six months? Have you had sex with someone with malaria in the last six months? <laughs> and all this sort of weird shit that you know, you can understand the relevance of. But one of the ones that comes up every time, and I've often thought, well, that's odd. Have you had any dental treatment in the last seven days? that got to do with giving blood so i put yes because i had a filling the week before as well and she said oh you've put you have had dental treatment in the last seven days I said, yeah she said, what have you had done filling oh right okay then yeah not to worry and then the other one is are you currently waiting treatment from a doctor or a dentist and i put yes on that and she said oh, what are you waiting for so i've got to go back to see the dentist again i've got another filling that he's doing she said oh right okay so i didn't think much of it did it then answer their questions i'm allowed to give blood and then the next day, because I saw the dentist, to explain, our local hospital is essentially the training centre for dentists in their final year. So there's a massive clinic, and there's probably 20-odd bays, where they've got dentists yeah. in, where you go into this room, and you apply to go on this course, and it's free treatment, because they're, they're training on you, basically. So all my trainee dentists, who I've seen for a while now, and the nurse, I'm not sure, never sure if the nurses are trainees. No. I don't think they no, are, but they don't seem quite there <laughs> and I walked in and they said oh how's, you, how's it been since last week I said yeah 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 fine I said you got any questions said, well yeah just one why do the blood donor service keep asking me if I've had dental treatment in the last seven days and they both looked really confused looked at each other looked at me and said I ain't got a clue well, surely there must be a reason they said well we don't know what it is and the nurse said well I'll, I'll go and ask someone later on and see if I can find out what it is she never got back to me well so, yeah. surely it's just if there's something wrong then you can't give blood yeah but what what dentistry dental problem dentistry dentistry <laughs> problem <laughs> yeah. yeah i didn't know what the word would be for that if there is a word but what the dentistry problem would be that would affect my blood supply or my blood well if you've had a tooth out and they've had a trouble stopping your bleeding or if you've got then that could be something or yeah if you've had, had if they've given you drugs for something can I give blood if I have been to the dentist or received dental treatment? Simple fillings and checkups are usually okay after 24 hours. However, some treatments will mean a longer deferral. And even that's non-specific. No, well, 
when you go back next time, yeah. ask them. Root canal, you may donate after seven days from treatment and all wounds have healed. But if you haven't had any infection, you need to have been off antibiotics for seven days. So yes, that's why. I mean, antibiotics is a separate question. Have you been on antibiotics? Yes, but if you've mm. recently had a dent, had dentist work and you haven't been back yet mm. to say it still hurts and then them say you need antibiotics, yeah. then they don't want it infected blood. Yeah. And actually ended up having an interesting conversation with the guy that was holding my cannula in the right mm. place. Because he said, oh, tape never holds it in the right place. I'll just stand here. It's always a bit awkward. I've got nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit awkward when you're lying there and you've got some bloke just holding this in the right place on your arm. And he's a cyclist and we were talking about exercise and oh, okay. being out and he does the... Um, I get confused because out here, at the back of us, by the river, it's the Cunnan Trail. Yeah. But he, sa- he said, have you done the Taft Trail? Yeah, that runs alongside... See, I don't know. If, I think they're two different ones. Yeah, this or they're basically the same thing in in places. I don't know. Because we've read we about first... it before and it goes from Cardiff to the Breckens. Yeah, when we first moved here, there was a guy that we asked, because we asked him about those um, shapes yeah. in the wall. Yeah. He told us we were on the Taft Trail. Yeah. But whenever it comes up, the name of that waterway, it's the River Cunnan. Yeah, and the, the signs for the cycle route say Cunnan Trail. Mm. And what I follow is the Cunnan Trail. But he was saying, because I knew that the Taft Trail goes from Cardiff to Brecon. Mm. And he was saying he's done that. Basically, it's like a, the Somerset 100 I did. It seems to be a thing. You do the whole trail okay. from Brecon to Cardiff in one go. So I, I need to look up now where the difference between the Taft Trail and the Cunnan Trail. Because he was saying about there's one bit near here and it sounds amazing. Wow, it sounds amazing. He said he had a big crash there. <laughs> but there's a big bit where it goes underneath the main road and he had an accident. He said, because it's so dark, he couldn't see. He hit oh, something. Okay. He hit something and come off his bike. He, but he said it's part of the Taft Trail where it goes under the main road and he just couldn't see anything. It was just pitch black. And he hit something. He said, oh, I was all right. I only had a few scrapes like most cyclists. I was fine. Shake off. Yeah, a few scratches. It's fine. But yeah, but it, what he was saying, it sounds amazing. And a lot better than what I've done. Yeah, look into it. But that would be interesting to do the the whole of the. And if anything trail. gets yeah, if anything gets back back to normal, and then you've got another hundred to prepare. Oh, don't. There's a hundred around here which I'd love to do, but it's what was it? We've looked it up, didn't we? The dragon ride. Oh yeah, I think you have told me about that. But there's it's like a there's different gradients of it, like the hundred was. But the top one is like 150 miles, and it's Cardiff to up in the Breckens. Round Mardi, the big hills round here, Rigos Mountains, all the big mountains, the massive climbs, and then back to bloody Cardiff. And I, oh, I'm just shit at climbs, that's my problem at the moment. Can't do bloody climbs at all. But you'll get better. Yeah, if I ever get out on a bike again. Yeah, wait for it to stop snowing. Yeah, yeah, I was intending to go running today, but no. Nah. So it's been minus pretty much all week, mm. and then today it's just been. What do you say with snow? Because with rain, you say it's been pissing down. Which it has been, but with snow. Precipitating. Yeah. But Blizzard-like what, what's, conditions. What's the, what's the equivalent with snow, with pissing down? Because it would still be pissing down. Yeah. It's just pissing down with snow. Yeah, it's just really heavy snow, isn't it? Yeah. And we've got a couple of inches. My week's been shit as well. So I think because of the weather, I've not really done much. I've done a bit of the cupboard under the stairs. <laughs> I'm not getting into that again. I've done you some have- of it. It didn't help because you went to B and Q, who are open, <laughs> but not open. Well, not yeah, open. I went to get bits I needed to do the rest of it, and they, they were open. And there's a bloke on the door saying, "Yeah, we're open, 
but I can't let you in because the network's down. So we're not letting any shoppers in. I left it a couple of days and went back again. So that didn't help. No. But I've done a bit in the cupboard. I've done the back wall, boarded that and insulated it. Put battens in along the side, ready for the boarding. Mum talking about deliveries reminded me what did happen this week was very special. I had, well, Mum had a delivery, mm-hmm. which was for me. Very exciting. My Welsh snack extravaganza from, oh shit. <laughs> Blasus Cymru, B-L-A-S-U-S, Cymru. It's Welsh produce store, which is delivered to your door. And that was great. Carry out package. Oh, there you go. That. <laughs> and that in English is? Oh, I don't know what it is in English, but what I know that I got is shortbread, which you had a bit of last night. That was nice. nice. And we've also tried, weirdly, Welsh-Belgian chocolate yep. from Snowdonia. Popcorn, some crisps, toffee waffles, beetroot chutney, honey and mustard salad dressing. Yeah. And strawberry preserve, but it wasn't necessarily traditionally Welsh fare. No, but, but it's all made, made locally. Yeah. Enjoyed what I've had so far, and it was a nice surprise. And the thank Welsh you, tea. Thank you very much. Yeah, we had the tea, a cup of tea last night, didn't we, from that? But no, that was very nice, and thank you very much, dear. It's much appreciated. But that's just reminded me, I'd almost forgotten, my reviews of the week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because You're this obviously week, taking it seriously then. Well, yeah, because this week, I've got to be blunt, it's a fucking disaster. <laughs> See, people say, spend more, get more. No. I'd seen some online adverts that Marks and Spencers had the sole right to Marmite hot cross buns. And I thought, I love Marmite, I love hot cross buns. And I was, over there. Together. I was over there when B&Q wasn't open, so I thought, oh, I'll go to M&S and get some of those hot cross buns. I went over to M&S. Not like ever shop for food in M&S. <laughs> Nightmare. You ever shop for anything in M&S? Well, no. Went over there, got some, and then it turned out to be Marmite and cheese hot cross buns. And then I was, my eye was also taken with chilli and cheese hot cross buns. M&S. You think you're catering to the masses, but you're a bunch of numpties. Because the main thing you've done with these hot cross buns, which you state on your pack, almost as a selling point, is you've removed the fruit. What's the main, one of the main points of hot cross buns? They're just doughy bread with flavours otherwise. So Marmite and cheese, tasted a bit of Marmite, not a hell of a lot of cheese, of doughy buns. <laughs> it's just, and you, they you smell, were adamant yeah, they you, tasted like bacon. No, I didn't taste them. No, but like you Marmite. smelt like yeah, when bacon. when you were grilling them, I thought you were out there making bacon sandwiches and you hadn't asked us. I wish I was. Us yeah, wish you still we still Well, yeah, okay, do that. Um, After buying bacon before Christmas, going, I'm sure there'll be time for bacon sandwiches at some point. <laughs> Here we are, nearly nearly two months in. Yeah. Still haven't got any bacon sandwiches. Oh, well, deal with it. You know where stuff is. <laughs> so, yeah, Marmite and cheese was an absolute failure. And then Wednesday, when they stayed on their packet, no fruit. It's like, no, it's not a hot cross bun. Then the other one was chilli and cheese. And that, yeah, it tastes a bit of chilli and a bit cheesy. Did that one have? No. Nope. Right, no fruit. So, M&S, complete failure, going back to me Tesco's ones. You should make some. Oh, bloody hell no. Yeah, I made some ones, ta- I know you did. They were nice. I can make them again if you want. I can yeah. try. Go for that. I haven't I'll, review, I'll, re- I'll review them review next week. Review mine. Yeah, you're on half term. <laughs> yeah. Nothing better to see. I'll have something to say next week for <laughs> what did I do this week. <laughs> yeah. I've still got a pack of ones I bought from Tesco's this week. So yeah, that's me for the week. 
Over to you then, Sophie. What have you done this week? Not a lot. <laughs> I haven't even played keyboard this week because I moved it last weekend so I could go on the Xbox and I just haven't put it back out. Because <laughs> I meant to ask you about this. You were going to do an Xbox, Minecraft and chat to your friends. and Yeah. So did that happen? Yeah. Was it successful? It happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. We figured out, because me and one of my friends have an Xbox and the other two have PlayStation 4s, and we figured out that the newer version of Minecraft, you can cross-platform. Right. But you can't chat. Where you can chat through Minecraft, where you have to use your controller to find each letter and type it out, and it takes forever. So me and one friend could chat, and then I guess the other two could chat, but we couldn't all chat. Right. So we end up phoning each other through Facebook Messenger. To all, so we're all on the phone with each other. Bloody hell. Yeah. And then, obviously, the two Xboxes was easy because friend who has the Xbox, he set it up. Yeah. So he just had to send me an invite and I was in. Yeah. But it was harder to do it for the other two because right. it was PlayStation. I'm in the game going, ah, cool, we're, we're in Minecraft, this is going to be great. And I'm chopping down trees to get us started and start building a house and stuff. While he's just stood there getting attacked by a zombie because by then it's night time. While he's explaining to the other two how to get into the game. <laughs> Nice. So I'm like, oh no, you're getting attacked by a zombie. Ha ha ha. Having a grand old time while I'm there trying to sort it all out. <laughs> I think it was about an hour before anyone else got in the game. So I was like, I'll build us a house. So when you get in, we've actually got somewhere to go. And then, yeah, it just took forever. So I built this tiny little box with some beds in. <laughs> then we all get in. And then one of the friends on PlayStation, his phone dies. <laughs> so we're having to message him through Minecraft, which then takes forever. Then the other friend was like, my phone's dying. So she's running around trying to find the plug. <laughs> we were on for a bit. And then people started going off because they had work in the morning and stuff. Yeah. And obviously I had work on Monday as well. But I stayed on because I was like, I really want to finish this house. I had a great idea in my head. Basically extended the house and then i'll just focus on the house you guys go and do whatever you want yeah even though the one friend on playstation she hasn't been on minecraft for ages and even when she was she's not like it right so we have to try and help her out so i'm always like oh you come with me let's go and catch a cow and we'll start yeah. a farm and stuff <laughs> we, we literally we were dying of laughter me and this friend we were trying to so we've got different pens for the animals so that we can breed them and kill yeah. them for food so we're trying to get two of each animal and we didn't have all of the food that you need to guide the animals but i had one lead right. so i was like right i can capture with the lead get them in the pen we'll go and get another one pull that one in and it will be fine and we had one sheep in there and i was like i've got another sheep go and open the pen i'll push push him in you close the gate once they move i can just run out so as she opens the gate I go in, the other sheep exits. <laughs> so I'm like, damn it. She's going, oh no, the sheep's out, the sheep's out. She doesn't have a lead, so she can't do anything. So I'm like, okay, I'll come in. So I run out, close the gate, grab this other sheep, go back in. I'm like, right, okay, I'm going in. She goes, okay, she's ready to like click on the gate to shut it. I go in, pull in the sheep, the other sheep exits. And we're doing this for like five minutes. It, honestly, there's like Bloody 10 hell. times. <laughs> she was just running in and out with a swap of sheeps all the time. But it felt like the old days where we all used to play together. <laughs> and actually talking to my friends again, which was nice. So is it, will it be easier next time to yeah, now you've it's sorted there. things out? So now it's there. We don't need uh, the host to tell us to invite us. We can just all go There's in. There's a place you can all go to and chat. Yeah, much so this was on Sunday and everyone had work on Monday. And I think I turned it off at about quarter to 12 because I just really wanted to finish the house. <laughs> Which I didn't get anywhere near. But I did one bit of it. And then my idea was to have stairs going in each direction. So yeah. we each have our own bedroom. 
And I thought if I just extend it into a box, they're going to think that was all I had in mind. <laughs> so I was like, I'll do one set of stairs yeah. to a bedroom. And then everyone hopefully will go, okay, there's something more going on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then me and the other Xbox friend went on Monday afternoon. And I was like, I just wanted to finish the house so that next time we come in, we all come in together. Yeah. It's done. And he went, oh, who's got the big bedroom then? I went, no, 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 that's one. I'm doing four. <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> we have to fight over the bedrooms. <laughs> I just remember something else that happened this week. Ooh. You had a style change. Oh, I did. I had a haircut. Looks great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about three days ago. You not even noticed, have you? Dad took about two inches off the end of my hair. Well, yeah, but you never really have it like that. You like you don't have to have it. I do during the day. That's oh, the thing. It's Tuesday yeah. when you don't see it. Yeah. It's tea time. Mum does it up. Tea time because otherwise quite... I end up eating it when I'm eating my tea. I quite often come down for tea and you've gone, morning, not seen you today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but the next thing with your hair... Yeah, I've got to colour it. because We haven't got to. Through. Well, I'm not going grey. Well, Grow old I don't like, don't like to disappoint you here, dear, but you are. <laughs> yes, but you I want am to going grey, but you want to cover I am not it up. going to let it. I'm not so going to give said, in to We've it. said, as you're not going out... Yeah, but I have got an appointment on the 3rd of March. Doesn't matter. As you're not going out... Just wear a hat. Pick a different colour. Yeah. Go for it. Doesn't matter. No one's going to see it. So you've got to do that in the next 24 hours so that we can buy it when we go shopping on Monday. When was the last time you knew your natural colour? I was just thinking for most of my life I feel like you've been 1980. red or... <laughs> <laughs> I was probably... Well, when I was born. <laughs> I started colouring my hair when I was 13. That was like the washing. Um, oh, yeah, but you on. would have had some breaks. Surely it's been it's been natural since I've known you. When I met you, it wasn't coloured. was? It wasn't? Was. No. It was highlighted. I don't really count highlights. Because they're highlights. Well, it's not colour. Got... It's not all over colour. No, okay. So I am Maxi Brown. Yeah. With grey highlights now. Yeah. Embrace the silver. I have never liked Maxi Brown. So I went through times where... I would go chestnut or mm. mahogany or have blonde highlights put in it. Yeah. Let's say I started colouring my hair when I was 13. Been doing it ever mm. since. What's mousy brown? What's, what's mine? That would probably be described uh, as mousy. No, Sophie's is darker than mine. Mine's... Mousy is kind of a dark blonde, I suppose, is the best way mm. of describing it. It's not really brown, but it's not blonde either. It's, it's very, sort very of boring. In between. That's why so many people who have it don't like it. I mean, bloody hell, brown. Very dark brown, I was forever colouring mine. I say colouring it, black most of the time. <laughs> blonde highlights, probably covered in another episode, but picture I sent you was with blonde highlights, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, down my back. Blonde Your highlights. Samson days. Yeah, there you go. I'm still tempted to go for the blue. Yeah, go for the blue. I say, that is what we were saying, we were talking about it this week, and say it doesn't really matter if you're not yeah. seeing anyone, pick a colour, go for it. But would you put it on red? It's well, purple we'll, at the moment, we don't, so. Yeah. I can't. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, so. it's a sort of purpley red, but yeah, it's sort of whack it on, see what happens. It's cherry red. Yeah. I mean, when I asked the hairdresser about going blue, yeah, he wouldn't do it because he said he would need to bleach my hair first. That's the thing. The I, I'm not imagining great things with the blue. Cause you might as well try it. Yeah. Because your hair is darker, so it's possibly not going to show up. But it'll be. But then it'll be really cool because in certain lights, then you will catch yeah, it. Yeah, it might. The thing is, it'll pick out the greys. Where it's blue, where you really see it's blue, will be where it's coloured the grey bits. Mm. Goals for next week. <laughs> you pick a colour. You do stuff on Minecraft. I deal with dickheads internationally. Hot cross buns. I deal with dickheads bacon sandwiches. internationally. We can have bacon, bacon sandwiches. sandwiches we have lunch one of the days. Not a problem. I'll try and learn a song. And I'll just do shit. <laughs> <laughs> Get the draw finished. 
I'll send off about my mortgage. Yes, thing. get that done. Jog twice. That's been my goal every week. Our tasks for this week then. You pick a colour and write some book. Write, write some, some book. <laughs> <laughs> you make hot cross buns. Send off your mortgage application. Do some jogging. Learn a song. Way ahead of me. Yeah, learn a song. And I'll jog and cycle and I'll build stuff. Deal. So as I guessed last week, health has become two episodes. So here's part two of our topic on health. Okay, so my health chronologically. (laughs) (laughs) Settle it. Strap in, lads. You've got that one as long. It started off, I was just accident prone. 3rd of July, 1977. I actually know because it was my grandma Hilltop's birthday. My dad had gone to fetch her to bring her back to our shop, which was also our house. For her birthday weekend. I was playing witches in the garden with my friend. Oh, you do. <laughs> Tripped over a boulder. Wait, so how old? Seven. Right. Tripped over a boulder, put my arm out to break my fall, and it went straight through the conservatory window. Pulled it back. Oh, I always thought it went through the shop window. No, no, no. I we thought were you were playing back- in the shop. Play- no, playing in the back garden. We had a massive back garden. Chasing my friend, tripped over, arm out, straight through the window, pulled it back, piece of glass sticking right out. I screamed. Mum, she came running, hearing my scream, put her hand either side of the lower part of my upper arm and held it together. She called to my granddad, my step-granddad, or my actual granddad on her side had died before I was born, so he was always my granddad. Called him and said, can you bring a chair? Joanne's had an accident. He bought a dining room chair out, saw the blood, put the chair down, sat on it, went as pale as anything, and couldn't move. My brother, who would have been four and a half, five, probably just coming up to his fifth, yeah, he'd been five at the end of that month. She called him and said, right, can you go into the kitchen, grab another dining room chair, get a clean tea towel, run it under the tap, you're going to have to stand on the chair to get to the tap, turn the tap on, run the towel under it. He did that. She said, right, now can you wring it out? He sort of understood what she meant. It was soaking wet and very, very cold. She'd right now throw the whole thing over Joanne's arm and my hand. So he did. She'd right, Jack, you can look at me now. This is my granddad. Go and phone an ambulance. You can't see any blood. Go and phone an ambulance. And so he got up, went into the house, phoned the ambulance, and she sat me down on the chair. So yeah, that was my first trip in an ambulance. I know I'm still holding it. <laughs> it it's I I was seven and mm. it's still. I know, it's just funny that you tell the whole story with your arms sticking out (laughs) and you're holding the wound, holding the wound while you're telling the story. So the ambulance ambulance (laughs) man came and they put a, I suppose like a, almost a tourniquet, but the bandages round it and and everything round my arm and everything, but left the glass sticking out the top. Never remove anything. No. Blues and twos to get me to the hospital. I don't think I have blues and twos, did I? No. No. You just drove? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what a letdown. Yes, you listen to this, get to hospital. Got to have another accident now to get yeah. a full, yeah. full ambulance experience. <laughs> Into a and they said, right, we're going to remove... The, oh, I was seen straight away. There was no waiting in the waiting room or anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, we're going to pull the glass out and we'll sew it back together. They removed the glass. And I said, I remember saying, I don't want to look at it. They said, no, 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 that's fine. You can look at the wall. So I turned away and I was looking at the wall. Couldn't feel anything. I'd had anaesthetic and what have you. Pulled it out and then they went, oh, okay, that's not good. <laughs> Don't <laughs> you're seven-year-old. 
So it turns out I'd actually sliced through the muscle, my upper arm muscle, whatever that is called. Bicep. Bicep. Yeah. I'd sliced through it and the doctors told me afterwards I was less than a quarter of an inch, whatever that is in modern day money. About that. A bit. Yeah. <laughs> Half a centimetre maybe. I don't I don't know. know. I don't know. Um, very close. Uh, very, yeah. very close to totally slicing through and losing the use of my arm. I had to go into surgery because yep. they couldn't just stitch it up. So they did, they s- stitched the muscle yep. back together with dissolvable stitches. Yeah. And then the wound. And it's, I mean, I've still got the scar now. That's one of the biggest things I remember when they took the stitches out. They said, oh, you're so young, don't worry, that scar will go. Well, I, yeah. I have to say... My scar has never gone. It's never like went a into, horseshoe. Yeah, upset you or anything. It's not a pretty scar. The no, way it's not. Scars of that size are done normally. Mm. That's not a very good scar. No, it's horrific. Yeah. It's... I mean, there was, what, probably dozen, 15 stitches on it. It's sort of like if my arm is hanging by my side, it's an upright horseshoe yeah. that's on the slant. But it's horrific. I mean, it's don't like wearing sleeveless tops because of it. And also because I've got bingo wings. Yeah, I mean, it's, but... it's, don't try to blame me on the scars. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. But... <laughs> a wound. But yeah, that was my first accident. I think I was okay for a few years then until uh, doing gymnastics club in Western. The summer before I would have started secondary school, so the summer of 81, the gymnastics club, there was a big, the youth centre always used to have a big open day type thing where each club, that because there's the gymnastics clubs, the boxing club, the trampolining yeah. club, loads of different activities went on there. So they would have a like an open fate day. Yeah. Uh, fundraiser and everything so it was the Thursday night we'd got our last practice before the event on the Saturday and the club decided to get new crash mats in so we'd got all these different routines that were going on everybody doing things and they'd gone from a cloth crash mat to a plastic based crash mat and nobody had used it before up until that point, there had always been an adult stood at the end of it with their foot on it that night. For some reason, she decided to move over because the boxing club had just come in through the doors and she said, we need five more minutes. So she'd gone over to speak to him, yeah. not told any of us to stop. So I did my run up, jumped on the trampet, did a somersault, landed, crash mat, went flying. I fell backwards, put my hand out, actually broke my wrist. I'd landed because that had gone off to the side where everything had skewed. Yeah. Didn't realise that's what I'd done, so I stood up and I, God, that hurts! And I shook my hand, mm. displaced my hand. See, these days that'd definitely be a hilarious YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> Someone would have filmed it. That'd be a hilarious YouTube yeah. video. <laughs> but yeah, so I was I walked up to my gym teacher and I went, I think I might have done something, and my hand was probably <laughs> and next to an it, inch yeah. over yeah. from where it should right. be. And she went, Yeah, who's picking you up tonight? I said, My dad's in the car park. So she sent somebody, one of the other mums. She said, Can you go and get her dad? Mm. He came in and said, yeah, I think she needs to go to A&E. So I went to A&E, they x-rayed it, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine your dad as well, because he's, oh, he's not the best not the best at all. And he freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I remember most about that, yeah. I was wearing my new leotard for my secondary school gymnastics club. Yeah. 
that I'd only just received. And in order to put my arm, replace my hand and put it all in a cast yeah. after the x-ray, they said, right, we're going to have to cut you out of that. Why do they always cut things off? Don't you dare! Many medics, they've got scissor happy, I'll tell you. So, <laughs> so many times you could just, just slip that off or something. It okay. was a young but doctor. You couldn't pull it off your broken wrist. It was a young doctor. Yeah, a little doctor He was very, very lovely, and he found one of the best nurses in A&E and said, can you unstitch that up the seam? So they did. They took the oh, seam apart okay. that makes sense. and peeled right. it all back. Okay, sorry, I need to explain. So you want about a full-length full sleeve leotard? Yes, yeah. a proper right. gymnastics leotard. I was thinking just short sleeve. Why sli- would that be in the way? Well, that's why I was thinking. Just a short sleeve one with just the shoulder straps. No, 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 no. no, no, no that's no. why I was thinking why they have the to cut these... From the pictures, yeah, yeah, but I was thinking, I was thinking the ones with just shoulder straps. And no, then, no, this, this is a full sleeve, <laughs> just slip it over your shoulder. Yeah. What's the matter with full you? Full sleeve, <laughs> front, <laughs> feet back, right? Okay, yeah, hard. okay, I'll so, take yeah. your point now. Then. So, they were very kind, <laughs> were. and the nurse did undo the seam, right, so that they could pull it all back. And then said, right, how your mum gets the rest of it off is down to her. Yeah. But because I've got nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. We'd grabbed my clothes from the changing rooms. But getting me into something else was going to be a nightmare. I think I probably lived in that for a few days afterwards. So a few days later, we had our visit. You know, you're going up to secondary school. You have a day visit to the secondary school. That happened a couple of days later. So I went in to visit my new secondary school with... My arm in a cast, in a sling. Yeah. And went. Like this story. <laughs> so, six weeks school holiday. Arm is still in a cast. I've actually, the sling has gone. I'm with my brother at the local infant school, which had a playing field that the local kids were allowed mm. to use. And it had a tree in it. I decided to climb the tree. Jump out of the tree. Why not? Break my ankle. So, my brother left me there on the ground. Went racing home. This was a Sunday afternoon. To my parents. Mum was furious because they were watching the Sunday afternoon film and she had to come out and rescue me. So she bought her bike. Yeah. (laughs) She bought her bike. So she put me, managed to get me up and onto the bike and hold me steady with my little brother the other side to wheel me back to the house. Sorry, I'm confused. Where are you on the I'm, bike? I'm, on the bike. I'm sat on, on the bike. All right, you're sat on the seat. Yeah. Right. Which surely the mum's um, holding... Pedals going round and just yeah. smacking your ankle. <laughs> no, because I had my leg up. Where? Where? On the frame? No, I was just... On the bar. I was a gymnast. I was able to hold my leg up at an <laughs> 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 Just holding your just leg Just sitting there like this. Yes. <laughs> So where was your brother? On the other side, the holding side the bike. bike. So that between the two of so them, they could hold it up. Right, so they're half a hand of bar each. Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. She's doing the steering. He's <laughs> doing the counterbalance. <laughs> and you're sat and there with a leg in the air. <laughs> yeah. Showing off your gymnastic skills. <laughs> with two broken bones. I'm a gymnast, how are you, love? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. 
too much. <coughs> oh. Ceremoniously dumped in an armchair. Yeah. With a my foot up on probably a dining room chair. I'm not just holding it up by yourself no. anymore. Yeah. No. And a bag of frozen peas shoved on said ankle. Obviously. Because Mum thought, don't just be stupid. It's not broken. It's just old parents do that. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit of a theme going on in that era. Yeah. No. It's fine. You forgot what Mum did. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way I was raised yeah. <laughs> so yeah so um, they put the peas on and left me there for hours and then I said right I really need to go to the toilet stood up could not put any weight on it whatsoever and mum went it was dad maybe you should take her to A&E so yeah mum did take me to A&E x-ray yeah it's broken so by the time I went back to school in September, the cast had come off yeah. my wrist that I was on crutches with my ankle in, <laughs> in a cast. And my tutor said... When you, so when I, you bring her out, well, what crutches did you have? Oh, the underarm ones. <laughs> See, That's under, the one you wanted. They don't do them the anymore. Yeah. No, the underarm oh, ones. Oh, they were a lot better, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Old-fashioned wooden ones that just padded yeah. and they just went up straight under your armpits. Yeah. Not these fangled ones with the handles and... Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so I went back to school on crutches. Our driveway at the school, my classroom was at the end of the driveway. So you'd got mm. um, the two playing fields either side, a driveway up to the central clock tower. Yeah. Uh, just, there was a row of classrooms and two wooden temporary classrooms. Yeah. And I was, the, the left-hand side porter cabin was my tutor room. So my dad broke the school rules because parents weren't allowed up the drive and he drove me up to the top and did that every day to drop me off and pick me up for a while even though he got told off every time yeah. but I'm not making right. a walk Whatever. away on mm. crutches so yeah so I went in and the first thing my tutor said after she'd done the register was thought it was your arm yeah it was now it's my ankle yeah. but then things went right for a couple of years <laughs> so we had can, a few years off yeah, yeah. Kind of. fast forward to 1983 May the 4th be with you yeah, yeah. a couple of weeks maybe 10 days before that date i'd started i was having after pe at school i was really really tired really weak i'd been losing loads of weight even though there wasn't much for me to start with i was drinking constantly i was peeing all over the place just hopefully just in the toilet yeah, I, well, well yeah I just in the toilet weird, but i couldn't go they say two of the symptoms are drinking loads yeah. and peeing loads yeah if you're drinking loads, if you're, you're drinking gonna pee loads, loads. You pee loads yeah but this is this <laughs> is excessive in, oh, in yeah, the yeah i know but the two go together so mum took me to oh we'd actually gone swimming and i'd passed out actually getting out right. of the swimming swimming baths so i thought you passed out at school Oh yeah, I did that as well. Oh. <laughs> so uh, appointment 
with the GP, went in and saw one of the eldest members of the team who didn't do we always any, saw wrinklies when yeah, we were kids. Didn't we were do kids. any tests whatsoever. My mum told him what the issue was and he said she's depressed, I'll put her on antidepressants. And my mum just stood up, grabbed me and said, Well, I am sorry to have wasted your time, but I am more annoyed that you have wasted my time and we marched out. Then I had another passing out at school. Sorry, two weeks running, go grand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's a badass. <laughs> she was. <laughs> she was. So yeah, another passing out after PE. School, call mum, say this isn't right. So she gets me an appointment. Same surgery, but a different GP. Yeah. Sat in the waiting room and it wasn't a purpose-built surgery. So the toilet, you had to go out the front door, down the side of the building to an outdoor toilet outside. So I said to mum, I need a wee while we're waiting. So she said, okay, be quick. So I went, peed, came back and she said, we've been called through. And the actual room that we'd been, the surgery that we'd been called to was at the back of the building and had a door that went outside. Yeah. And the doctor said, right, first thing I need is a urine sample. And mum went, oh, she's just been, I said, not a problem, I'm ready to go again. <laughs> so he gave me a tub and off I went, did yeah. pee, came back in, put a test stick in it. Mm. And he said, right, you've got diabetes, you need to go to hospital now, don't go home. Don't get anything. You go straight to the children's hospital in Bristol now. I'll phone them. They'll be waiting for you. We got lost on the way. Oops. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's Grail, wasn't there, to direct it? Uh, yeah, no, it was my dad who was driving. Yeah, the this taxi time. driver. The taxi driver. Yeah, it wasn't the taxi driver, no. Not that it makes any difference. No. Um, but yeah, so pull up at the hospital and there's a doctor waiting there outside for me are you joanne are you joanne we wondered what the hell had happened you should have been here hours ago <laughs> this is really serious how lost did he get kind of Bristol? <laughs> well you know the triangle in clifton yeah yeah we went round that five times <laughs> okay fine <laughs> and he went i know what career is good for me yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably where it dawned on him <laughs> going around in circles racking up the bill <laughs> oh, i know <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a bit out of this malarkey. So anyway, into the hospital, stop off for a week, obviously, because I've been in the car a long time. And he said, right, I need to do a full health check and everything. And so checking everything. And he actually said, if it wasn't for the fact that you were diabetic, you would be disgustingly healthy. Which I thought, oh, okay, go me. <laughs> But yeah, admitted that night, given my first insulin injection that night. My parents were given an out-of-date vial of insulin, an old syringe and an orange, and told to go home and practice, which my brother absolutely loved. And they got my sugar stable. I think I was in for maybe six days while they were stabilising me. I was very, very close to being in a diabetic coma when I was admitted, which is why the doctor was hovering around on the doorstep waiting for me. So yeah, they... They did say that one or the other, the nurse did the injection first night, first injection there, and that was when you had two injections a day, because it was older insulin, yeah. so it lasted 12 hours. The nurse injected me that first night, she showed me how to draw it up the next morning, I injected myself the next night, and then they said, right, we'll stabilise you on here, and then we'll send you home, but before you go home, one or the other of your parents has got to inject you. If I was waiting for my dad to do the injection for me to come home, and this was 1983, I would still be in that hospital ward. (laughs) 
because he couldn't even look. He just yeah. couldn't handle it at all. But my brother did my injection several times. He absolutely did. Oh, can I do it? Can I do it? Absolutely loved doing that. Same as us when we were kids. Yeah. I was allowed out the first Sunday before I was discharged. I was allowed home for a, a tryout visit. So it was maybe... Hey, really? <laughs> yeah. It was sort of like that, that my family were okay. They, they'd learned about because in those days you were told how many exchanges you could eat at various points during the day and in an exchange was 10 grams of carbohydrate Mm. so breakfast was two lunch was three evening meal tend to be two because they said if you're having sandwiches that the lunch and that's a higher carb value and everything so yeah so went home actually went to my grandparents for sunday lunch and everything was going fine until it got to pudding and they opened a couple of tins of rice pudding which of course was full of sugar and it's like they're in the hospital oh no we've messed up already it's like okay don't worry just go back when she was meant to come back and we'll sort it from there yeah. so i was in hospital a couple of days extra because of that but yeah then came home and got on with it i mean things have changed so much over the years going from two injections sort of 12 hours apart testing urine rather than testing blood i vaguely remember that you were still doing that when i first met you you would yeah. check in the dipsticks against the color chart on the side of the pot yeah i uh, didn't get my first blood testing kit until i was pregnant for the first time and then i mean now i've been eight and a bit years on an insulin pump so yeah two daily injections to yeah there was it was started off as two because it was just 12 hours 12 hour insulin then they went to an overnight insulin and an injection with each meal yeah i remember you doing one after each meal Yeah. yeah From that, so multiple daily injections, I then went on to an insulin pump eight years ago, which is the best thing that ever happened. Mm, and I'm just cool. waiting now for my new yeah, one. Yeah, you knew and been, improved one. I should have been on that last October. Which is so cool, the technology now. Yeah, it will pick up. It's got a sensor that reads the pump. Because at the moment, I've got a sensor, but it's not interactive with the pump that I'm on. So I can scan myself for my blood sugar reading rather than do an actual finger prick test. And then make the necessary adjustments if I need to. But the new pump has got a sensor that reads all the time. And if my blood sugar is going low, it will suspend insulin mm. delivery. And if it's going high, it will increase what I have. And if I have a meal where I've misjudged the amount of carbs that are in it, yeah. the carb canton's gone a bit wrong, it will, a little bit later, it will make adjust. the right... Yeah. Correction. So it should keep you on a more even yeah. keel all on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. When um, it happens. Yeah. A couple of hospital admissions with the diabetes in between those times. Yeah. One quite important one. Yeah. One when I'd first left home and got my first flat, I went into DKA, so diabetic ketoacidosis, aka a coma, the high blood sugar. Because and your diet was <laughs> Budweiser and bread. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and chocolate biscuits. Yeah, Budweiser toast and chocolate biscuits. No, but that was it. (laughs) Oh no, occasional bacon sandwich. Yeah, that's all right then. (laughs) Yeah, but that was first time living alone, and and I wasn't well. I'd had really bad Mm. cold, so my sugars. It was great when I first met you. I loved it. Stay with you, and it's like toast, Budweiser, and chocolate biscuits. (laughs) Yeah. Holiday camp. Yeah, just moved out from my mum's cooking. Happy days. Here we go. (laughs) This is it. 
Or the tea tonight. Chocolate biscuits and bacon sandwiches. Absolutely. <laughs> Rock and, and roll. Sugar free strawberry angel delight. Yes. Made with marble milk. Yes. I never bothered to buy milk because I didn't like milk. And shitloads of angel delight. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how they say a uh, way to a man's heart is through a stomach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then a few years later, up to St. Neots for your granddad's funeral. Mm. and again got really really ill but also got halfway there we'd gone in such a panic that i'd forgotten my insulin well i mean it was was just a whole weird time i say we were traveling up for dad granddad's funeral you weren't well and then almost as soon as we got there you just started hurling all over the place you just vomiting all over the bloody place and the funeral was the next day wasn't it yeah because it was in London, so we'd gone there, you were hurling, you were just sort of in bed and hurling, and we were like, like, there's no way, it's weird now when you think back how stupid we all were. Yeah, I mean, you like, all left me there on my You own. were on your yeah. own, and we just like, there's no way she can come to the funeral, she's hurling everywhere. Well, she'll be all right, we'll leave her in bed, <laughs> we'll go to London for this funeral. And it's just like, you think about it now, yeah. and how ridiculous, and, it, and no, you included. No sugar, I didn't want to, I've not been part of the family no, for long. I, mean, I didn't in, want to put anybody no, to I mean, trouble. Everyone was in on the conversation, it's like, what should we do? And you're like, oh, you go, and I'll stay here, and I'll see it through, and you go to the funeral. But there was no sugar-free drinks in the house. <laughs> didn't help. <Water>. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was drinking those water, but... It was just... Yeah, my mum and dad were very good on getting tuned in with the diabetes. (laughs) Malarkey, were they? They couldn't handle that. Because you meant to, if you're being really, really sick, you meant to have kind of like flat lemonade and stuff like that, except the lemonade had got sugar in it. So um, my brain just... You know what they were like for busy drinks in. At that stage, my brain was not working at all. Yeah, so I mean, mine wasn't either. It was just like, yeah, okay, let's go. She's fine. She's not very well, but... Just stay in bed, that's fine. Let's go to the funeral. Went to the funeral, came back, and you've just horrendous. And I just need to go home. And, just, and, and you were just lying in bed going, I need to go home, I need to go home, I want to go home, I need to go because home. Because again, I didn't want to be no. a nuisance to your family. I was too new to the situation to realise the importance mm. of shit, because I was like, okay, fine, I'll drive. And it was quite late, wasn't it? It was oh. six, seven o'clock at night. And, and that's like a three hour journey. Three, four hour journey then. Oh, God. And we used to, so in those times, we used to do the M25 route. Yeah. And it was your Fiat Strada, yeah. shit brown, yeah. horrendous car. It was the foggiest night I think I've ever seen in yeah. my life. <laughs> and we get and to we the M25. didn't leave until, say, about six, seven o'clock at night. Got to the M25. And you I said, were just curled right. up on the back seat, yeah, weren't I said, you? I've got to go to the, the back loo. Seat, You've got to get Ill. to the closest service station. I need to go to the loo. So Dad turned towards London rather than away. And we ended up in... Eston Services. Yeah. I'll never forget. M4 Eston Services. <laughs> and I got into the into the toilets. Again, being really, really sick. Didn't a lady come out and find you? You were in there for bloody ages. And I was just stuck outside, not knowing what the bloody hell to do or where to go. And this little old lady came out and said, there's a woman in there, being never so will. I think, I think that's my wife. I think she might need some help. Were we married then? Or well, possibly not, actually. So, yeah, you called an ambulance. But, yeah, she's like, I think she might need some help. <laughs> but I think I did go right by the door, didn't I, yeah. and kind of call through, called through yeah. to you and you weren't answering. Yeah. And I was like... Oh, fuck. <laughs> so being new to diabetes, were you not thinking, like, as soon as anything goes wrong, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'll phone an ambulance. You obviously like, I don't know what I'm doing, mum obviously does, I'll just go with her. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, I mean, I'm, not quite, I'm not quite sure what's going on, 
and mum was like, I need to get home. Mum will be able to help me. I need to get home. I'll be okay when I get home. So, okay then. Okay. I, yeah. can, I can drive. I know how to do that. Yeah. I'll put my foot down. I'll drive. I'll get us home. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll be okay. Afterwards, your mum did say, why did nobody listen to me? I told you to phone our GP. I wasn't aware I suppose of there that was no one, one, Nobody one was aware of that. <laughs> did she make that up? No. Probably. Okay. She, she might, that under she might have said, okay, at one point, does she need to see a doctor? And I'm like, no, she's ill, she's diabetic, she knows what to do. And then when you said, I need to get home, I was like, see, she knows what, she knows what to do. Yeah. We need to go home. Everything will be fine if we just get home. So yeah, my um, second trip, yeah, third whoa, trip. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that's my third trip in an ambulance. Dial it back a bit. Heston Services, <laughs> an ambulance turns up. Yeah. Says, we're looking for a woman who's not very well and not responding. I think, yeah, that's my partner, as you'd say now in modern times. That's my missus. She's in there in the bog. <laughs> go and help her. So you didn't even try and go in? I couldn't. But if no one had come out... There were, and pe- there, were pe- one... there were people in there, weren't there, I yeah. think? There were other women in there. Well, surely if you go look, my whatever, <laughs> my you are, Joe, you are whatever, <laughs> my Joe is in there. <laughs> <laughs> she's ill. She's diabetic. She's not responding. I'm, I'm coming in. They probably would have gone. Yeah, like, okay. There, there was a whole chunk of panic from all parties. Let's be honest. Yeah, I suppose even like, the staff at the service. Yeah. What, Twenty years later, looking back and going. Should have done this. Yeah. <laughs> but Easy. yeah, in the situation, first time freaking out, panicking. Yes. 20 years later, 30 well, years later. Yeah. yeah, staff at the services were freaking yeah. out. This little old lady was freaking out. <laughs> no one can get any response from yeah. mum in this loo. Locked in the cubicle, yeah. Ambulance turned up. I was like, she's in there. Help <laughs> Essentially, do yeah, do something. And they came out and said, yeah, it's her diabetes. We need to get to hospital now. Mm. Follow us. Follow us. And they, because it's service station, and they were gone. They don't go back onto the motorway. Yeah. They've got like little sneaky side routes. Uh-huh. And they said, whatever you do, keep up with us. Because I didn't know where they were going. Yeah, no yeah, idea. Yeah. In the outskirts of London. Oh fuck! <laughs> this shitty little shrouded car. It's like the power of a wet fart. <laughs> and I'm racing along, trying to keep up with this ambulance that's got the blues and twos going, screaming through the back streets of London. <laughs> and we end up with Ealing. Ealing, oh, Ealing, oh, okay. Ealing Hospital. Because okay. remember, you said that's where you'd lived when you'd worked. Oh, in I London. lived in the uh, first place. I lived was East Acton. Then I lived in Ealing. Yeah. yeah. When you realised, when you found out where you were yeah. the next day, you were like, "Oh, he's living here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I was screaming along behind this ambulance <laughs> through the back streets of London <laughs> to Ealing Hospital, and then I was well over an hour away from my mum and dad, yeah. two hours away from your mum and dad in this hospital in the middle of a foggy. End of January. The fuck do I do? Yeah. Well, did you not just phone Gran and Granddad? Okay. So you went home to your mum's, parents. Mum's parents is Gran and Granddad. Yeah. And Dad's parents is okay, so Nan yeah. and Granddad. I went back to my mum and dad yeah. and then phoned right. your mum and dad. Yeah. To let them know. By which time my dad was a taxi driver. This is the difference in families. Yeah. If I was phoning with this sort of information yeah. to my mum and dad, it would definitely be whoever answered, I need to speak to dad. Because uh-huh. he was the sensible one, yeah. the calm one. And then one. you phoned Gran. <laughs> I, phoned, I phoned and Gran answered and I was like, yeah, I need, it's Matt, I need to speak to... Oh. She's like... It's working, he's doing He's working, shit. he's taxiing. I said, oh, I need to speak to... She's like, oh, I knew your granddad's funeral. I said, yeah, I don't know about that. I need to speak to... I just wouldn't talk to her, I wouldn't tell her. Because the way I was brought up, 
You speak to them. His mum, um, the man of the house. Yeah, my mum would freak she out. Totally freaked out. So you speak Whereas, to dad. Yeah, but you just said knowing. Yeah, my parents. It would be the other yeah, way. But around. Dad, if you'd have known them for like a, year, a couple of years. Yeah, we hadn't. No, I hadn't. It was the year we met. It's, no, to me, it was just I needed to speak archaic and whatever. But how but I yeah, would the man of the house. I need to speak to the man of the house, the dad, because he's you know, the calm, yeah. level-headed. But it's granddad. Yeah, so that went out the window. But grand was. Okay, look, he's not going to be afraid. You need to tell me. Yeah. Like, okay, this has happened, and she was like, "Were you worried? Okay. Did you think that they would like blame you, or the why didn't you do something sooner?" Sort of thing. Um, no, because they knew full well I was responsible. Um, no, for the no, think about it. I suppose there was a yeah, bit of that on Dad's side. If yeah. he'd never dealt with this before, not they would blame me. But they might be angry and a bit pissed off about the journey. Oh, that you decided to just once, come home. Once I realised we were half, not even quite halfway home and things have gone tits up, yeah, that they would think, why the hell did you try and come home in that mm. situation? Mm. But no, I wasn't worried about being blamed, but slightly like nervous a bit. Yeah, nervous of perhaps I shouldn't have done mm. that. I was already thinking then shouldn't have done this, shouldn't have done that, mm. should have known. So you you always do after the fact. Yeah. It's just in the moment. Um, it's just you go on instantly. But yeah, so you were in hospital and. I know you were the one in hospital. But again, for you, it was horrendous. But that was a horrendous five days. I was Sorry, tra- I was we- going backwards and forwards an hour and a half yeah. from my mum and dad's to the hospital daily. Yeah. And then I was... Because then, it's changed now, but you had sort of afternoon visiting mm-hmm. and evening visiting. I would kill time around the area in between the yeah. afternoon and the evening and visit both times before Can going back. just go back to the night... Of my admission and your phone call to my mother. Yeah. Because that was the same night that my brother well, came yeah. in. I mean, we didn't know that. No. Then. We found out afterwards that was the night that my brother came in and said, Is dad not here? So no. grandma's like, What the fuck is it? Everyone wants to speak to him and not me. No. Why? That's all right. It can wait till Zach gets home. Your sister's in hospital. What's going on? Uh, my girlfriend's pregnant. <laughs> the girlfriend that he'd only been seeing for a couple of months. Yeah, so yeah, it was all kicking off that night and everyone wanted to speak to Grandad and not Grand. She must have been at the right arm. Oh, fucking hell, not again. Talk to me. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. yeah. Hello. So yeah, that's happening. So, yeah, I mean, my mum and dad did come up to the hospital the next morning. The next day, yeah, yeah, they were there. Didn't blame anyone. Mm. They blamed you. They had to go to you. What, what were you in a coma? <laughs> yeah, what were you thinking? Trying to come home. I remember them and both saying, I'm going to go at you. But... Yeah, it was from that point on that I kept insulin in your mum's fridge and syringes. Yes. But yeah, I spent five days backwards and forwards mm. to bloody Elian until you were ready. I oh, You did. In that hospital. Yeah. That was fun. And you went, yep, this is the woman for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then the rest, when I did pick you up and we eventually went home, you did, even then, you spent the rest of the journey on the back seat. Sleeping. Curled up, sleeping. And you can't do that now. No. Seatbelts and shit. But you were just no. curled up on the du- in the duvet on the back seat and I took you home. But that was fun. Yeah. Good trip. Yeah, so where are we now? 91. <laughs> I suppose the next thing then was pregnancies. Yeah. Baby number one was born at 35, I think, plus two days or plus one days. Admitted with preeclampsia on a general checkup because I was having antenatal with my GP surgery and then antenatal 
at the hospital in Bristol because of the diabetes. Mm-hmm. So, and was, because wasn't of that, it normally you go every month or something and they were seeing you every two weeks because between them yeah so because of that the firm that i was working for as soon as they realized i was pregnant they sacked me which they were allowed to do in those days covered in work issues yeah been really tightly controlled my diabetes blood pressure and everything had been perfect throughout the pregnancy and then turns up at the hospital and it suddenly it's really really high you think it's preeclampsia you're not going home we're rejecting you so it was just because of the diabetes uh no look non-diabetes yeah can, i know but i mean for you no it was preeclampsia which, which wasn't yeah. necessarily you, because of the diabetes you don't know if it's caused because of that but it's, it's an issue on its own i don't know, I don't yeah. know if it was i don't suppose they ever know if it was because of the diabetes but it happened both times Yes, and so gen- you presume. I, I think well, more generally, prone to it. no, no, no. Generally speaking, if you have preeclampsia the first time, you never have it again. No, but I, I thought, had it I, thought both times. I thought from what we were told, you were more prone to it if you're diabetic. You were more Maybe prone I, to preeclampsia if you're diabetic. I don't, Probably, yeah. yeah, I don't remember. But yeah, I was in for nine or ten days, just being monitored, mm. and then one night, dragged myself off to the loo in the middle of the night really throwing up all over the place and they'd been keeping an eye on everything and I'd been on heart monitors for listening to baby's heartbeat and everything during the day and everything everything was going swimmingly until that night and I was throwing up got my way back to bed and lay down and one of the other mums on the ward actually called a nurse to complain because I was snoring so loudly and it was because I was actually almost unconscious Mm. So they took me down to the delivery suite and said, she'd call your husband. And I said, no, he'll be in for visiting tomorrow anyway. And until we know what's happening, just leave it. Mm-hmm. So they said, okay. So they kept me in the delivery suite overnight. The next morning, they sent me back up to the ward because everything had settled down. And then they took me through routinely to have the heart monitor on me and baby bump. And the next minute, the next thing I know, the bed is being flattened. My Feet, I think, are being lifted. Yeah. And they said, right, it's happening. Baby's in distress. We need to take you through. So were you, you there then? No, you were no. on your way in. Yeah, I was on your way. And... Um, no, I was at work. Oh, you got... A... I got a phone call at work because I phoned your dad yeah. to take me in because I didn't want to do the drive because I was yeah. freaking out. <laughs> so yeah, I phoned your dad to take me in and he gave me a lift and mm. took me. And they'd been monitoring me. And by that time, it was... Well, they said it was after normal operating hours. Yeah, it was like half six. Something like that. Um, But yeah, so there was you, mum and dad, because he'd picked up mum as well. Mm. And they said, right, going to have to be an emergency C-section and baby's got to come out now because he's so distressed. He'd actually, when he was delivered, he was hypo. The reason that my sugars had been so stable throughout my pregnancy was because he'd been using his pancreas, which is insulin, to oh, say so he'd been giving he, you insulin. He'd been yeah. giving me insulin. That's quite cool. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it really meant cool that which it. is also through. weird because then the other way round, people can get gestational yeah. diabetes. Yeah. Where I guess it happens the other way round. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, but yeah, they said he'd kept he'd my sugars so stable, but it but meant then he was having hypo. <laughs> it meant yeah. that he was born hypo. He was only... And jaundice. So, about, no. Did so you... Was the jaundice one. One of them was yellow. That's kind of like Hello. With, so with eye there. mittens on. Oh, no, yeah. I thought that was my brother. because no, I thought that was a picture. I, know, I thought it both were. I don't know. There's a picture. Because you always said Graham was the first one to hold him. Because yeah. he yeah. was under the lamp. She was under a, a lamp. Yeah. Not, not a jaundice lamp. 
Oh, right. It was just a heat lamp. Right, I thought it was a jaundice no, lamp. she was under a, jaund- under a heat lamp. Sophie had the jaundice lamp because that was in her incubator. incubator. The picture we've got of your brother, and there's a whole bunch of babies. The sun was out, yeah. so they were all in the nursery, lying back in these... Oh, is that the one where he's got the goose? Yeah, yeah. hooked over. And he's just lying back with his arms <sighs> either side of his head... And just sleeping in the sun. like to do that, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Soaking up the rays in, yeah. in the window. Um, if it's scrunched up for so long, I'm like, ah. Yeah. But yeah, because he was premature and he was hypo, they couldn't get him to feed. Uh, we'd already we decided, decided beforehand he would be bottle fed. Yeah. going to breastfeed. But he, of... he couldn't suck at the bottle. So straight into the special care baby unit, Skaboo. And a... It's not Skaboo anymore, is it? No. It's no. Just Nick, Nicky, Piku. Piku. Nicky. Piku. Yeah. <laughs> Nicky Piku. Isn't yeah. that character? Yeah. Um, Pokemon character, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> up his nose, down into his stomach, and that's how he was fed for... Yeah, we got taught how to do it, didn't days, we? Yeah. Did you have to do it at home? No. No, it was, oh. that was the thing Couldn't about coming home. Couldn't come out of until he was feeding. That was the case. But we were allowed to do it at the hospital, weren't we? So I think in all, I was in for 19 days mm. pre and post. So did you both come out at the same time? Yes. Mm. Yeah, because in a way, it was lucky you had a caesarean. Because if you'd had a natural birth, you probably would have been let out earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But because you'd, you'd had a C-section, they would kind mm. of keep you in for a while as well to see mm. how you are. and So that kind of worked out okay. And if because you know what I mean. at that point, I was the only one on the ward... So you had the mums that hadn't given birth on one ward, then those that had given birth on a different one. There were a couple of private rooms. So there was one mum that had twins. So she was in one of the private rooms and the other one was empty. And because I was the only mum from that lot who had a baby in Skaboo, so didn't have my baby with me, I was put in a private, which was relief. Mm. I don't think I could have coped all the other crying babies and, and everything without... But yeah, I spent most of my days, the first couple of days, I was, wasn't was allowed to walk anywhere, so it was a wheelchair down to the skaboo. And then they said, right, you can start walking now, but just be gentle. So I would just sit next to later. Mm. You spent hours in there, didn't you? Yeah. As you expect. A little while later, following, so he was born in the April, following February, had miscarriage. Yep. Bad time. I really could have got in serious trouble the day after your miscarriage. Yeah. There was a, do you remember the Boulevard in Weston? Mm-hmm. There was a shop there that did um, nursery products and yeah. brands and stuff. And we pre-ordered a, a double buggy and you could put a deposit down and pay bit by bit until you had the, until the birth. So we did that almost straight away, yeah. didn't we? Put a deposit down and then we were paying bits. Then you had the miscarriage. And we, I mean, we, I had we, been we... told after the miscarriage and they'd done a scan and everything, I had been told because I said... I'd spoken to my sister-in-law and I said about two weeks before, I don't feel pregnant anymore. Mm. Because it was very clear to me all three times. One day I'm not pregnant, the next day I am. I I knew I could. My body changed instantly. And I said to her, the last couple of weeks I haven't felt pregnant. She said, oh, you know, it's early days. You what, coming up 12 weeks. Mm. Then the baby starts moving around, you'll feel pregnant again. And then that following day, Mm. had the miscarriage. But it was, I don't know why, it was the day you came out of hospital, 
Well, they didn't keep me in. No, but when we, we, the day we came out of hospital, you said, let's go to that place in the boulevard and let's and do, it, deal yeah. with it now. I said, you really, you just come out of hospital, you want to do that? Said, yeah, let's go now. Explain the situation, get our money back. Mm. bloke didn't want to give us our money back. Oh, he said, God. you'll need a GP note. So you need proof that you've had a miscarriage. I mean, so you were, I just you were holding me back, weren't you? Because yeah. I was all just set to leap over the counter. And I just stood there. And I said, do you want I me to drop my knickers livid. and you can see the blood in them? I was so livid. And he gave in and gave us a refund. He mm. went bankrupt the next day. He was obviously on the brink. Mm. So we wouldn't but have yeah, got any of, of that money. And you was just, a just come out of hospital and you were holding me back from leaping over the counter and smacking him once. He's just like, oh, I need, I need medical proof you've had a miscarriage. You are fucking joking me. I'm going to rip your head off, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was fun. And then the following December, we had you. You were born at 34 weeks. You were exactly six weeks early. Yes. But weighed yeah. a little bit heavier. So, your brother was £4.10, you were £5. So, they said, had you have gone full term, you'd have been, been a heifer. You'd have been a nine pound. Um, and you had loads and loads of dark hair, quite long dark hair, because mm. they said that was the other thing. She'd have been a nine pounder. Her hair, well, she'd have come out, and you'd have had to plait it straight away. <laughs> <laughs> but the similar situation. It was oh, actually this time it was a bit better because we were actually at a regular appointment. It was, and I was there. We'd and... just come back from your eldest nephew's. We'd been to your parents for the weekend. Um, yeah. It was his christening. Yes. And we just yeah. we'd stayed trying to keep up with for that. the weekends, and we came back and we stopped off at the hospital on the way from mm. the appointment. So we'd got suitcases with us. Mm. And I hadn't got my baby back. No, with it us. wasn't prepared, but we had because so where was my brother? <laughs> he was with us. He was with us. He just kept him with you in the hospital. Well, well no, dad no, took we, him we, home we, when we, they admitted me. We right. would have, yeah. But yeah, general maternity appointment. Yep, blood pressure's high. With your history, we'll keep you in. Did. I mean, that time, because your history, I think they were trying to rectify it so you could mm. go longer, but mm. it didn't happen. No. Nothing as dramatic, though, that I remember. Mm. I remember. I've been up... they died. Well, oh, no, this, no, this, is, this is, is what that we were told We didn't find out until a lot later, either of us. That was weird. At the time, it was, it was it kind was of similar. Thing, it was the monitoring thing, yeah. Baby's monitor is getting a bit weird, getting distressed. We'd better go and do a caesarean. And again, it was but, sort of evening time, I Again, think. it... Well, I'd gone off to the canteen for lunch yeah. while they were dealing with my latest set of blood results and yeah. tests and everything and because they'd been I normally I would have a light lunch and then a cooked evening meal because I was late going through to the canteen yeah. all of the sandwiches had gone so the only thing that was there was shepherd's pie and chips nice so Cracking I meal. had a small helping of shepherd's pie and chips Blood work comes back and, yeah, going to have to deliver your baby today. Emergency C-section. When did you last eat? I see. Oh, about an hour ago. Yeah. I seem to remember because I think I popped back and I was actually on my way back in, wasn't I? Because you didn't bother phoning me that time. Um, uh, no, they phoned mum and dad. Yeah. Because you said you were going to take our son there. Yeah. Um, for you, So that you could come back and visit me. Yeah. And sister-in-law answered the phone. She got on to mum. Mum got on to dad. They, somebody the told you. started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so they brought you back. They, yeah. So he was looked after. But yeah. you came back. Yeah, it was pretty much straight back. So was it the first c-section or the second one that a woman walked into the hospital with a tupperware box 
with food in it and spoke to another nurse and said, my husband's the anaesthetist, he's been called in for another late surgery. Oh, that was the first one, I think. Um, but now I was thinking the second one, because you went in, and as usual, I went in, which is hilarious, because they get you to strip off and put scrubs on and mm-hmm. those weird bloody clog things and the hat and mask and all that shit. So I was in there for both of them. Yeah. So I was in there, and then you were born. Yay. You were born. Then they said, right, bit joined has got going to the lamp. Yeah, fine. We've been through Scooby. Yeah. We're like old hands. Yeah. <laughs> we don't worry about that shit. <laughs> we know what we're doing. They're like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> We'll sort out your wife, finish off in here. Why don't you go and let the family know? Okay. Is that what you did the first time so you weren't that? Well, they, they said, no, you I... stay with baby, well, no. you'll look after mum. No, the, the second one, it was, why don't you go and let the family know? So I went out so of the operating they were trying to get you out? I think so. I think they were just sorting mum out. So I left the operating theatre, went out to this changing room, all the scrubs and that off, put it in this bin, get dressed again, go out to the waiting room, let everyone know. Oh. It's a girl, yay! <laughs> I'm in the process. Did you of... sorry? Did you find out with us? No, you you that wasn't waited, didn't really, you? It wasn't as much of an well, option. You, you could, but we didn't want to know. It wasn't as yeah definite mm-hmm. back then. They couldn't guarantee. Imaging wasn't. I mean, they yeah. still can't now. No, but they were a lot less then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was out saying it's a girl. Yay! And the nurse came out and said, "I think you need to come back in." I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so she. But I didn't me. think they did let you back in because you well, were no. That's the thing. Up. She walked me back. So they they need you. Mm-hmm. Walked me back to the operating theatre. I wasn't gowned or anything, so I couldn't go back in. Yeah. So I was quite a way back, and they held the operating doors open. You were in the operating oh. theatre. I couldn't go anywhere near. That's when they decided. Well, they'd already told me because I think it was me yeah. that told you. But they told mum that her womb was that thin. Yeah, my uterus was so thin, it would be extremely dangerous to have another baby. I had been extremely close to my uterus bursting. Had that have happened in the hospital, they'd have been able to save one of us, but not both of us. Had it have happened out of the hospital, Mm. we would both have died. And they said, said, is your family complete? Yeah. (laughs) Or how complete is your family? We wanted more children. Yeah. But I just looked on it that there was no way I was going to risk another pregnancy mm. when I had got two children. A boy and a girl. That's just, I'm not going to do it. So Because she did say, we can sew you up and then we can have you in at a later date and sterilise you. Or we can do it now. And your recovery time will be much quicker because you're open, got, anyway. You're open anyway. So I said, yeah, just so, do it. But then they wanted but to call me in to sort of confer with me, but I couldn't get re-scrubbed and go back in the operating theatre. So there's a weird situation where the doors open, we're shouting at each other from a corridor... Oh, do you want to be sterile? Yeah. Should we have some more? <laughs> from a corridor to the theatre, and you were sort of calling out to me the situation yeah. and saying, shall we go for it now? And I was like, fucking... Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I was told afterwards that because of... The situation, had we wanted to have sued them afterwards, we could have done. But they were saving yeah. my life. For what? Because they put me under pressure. It's pressurising right. to, to, to make the Not giving you enough time to yeah. Yeah. think about it. Um, it wasn't a considered but Yeah, decision. it was a weird situation where we were sort of yelling at each other mm. from a corridor in the theatre mm. where you were being sewn up and, yeah, that's fine, go mm. Off you go, love. As you were. But then... <sighs> That was a weird night. I mean... Because I freaked out. And I said to your mum, and I've said to you since, I didn't know where to go. Because mm-hmm. I knew mum was ill. You weren't ill, but you weren't well. And you were both on completely yeah. different floors, in completely different areas. And I, I turned to go, and I said, I don't know where to go. Do I, do I, do I yeah. go with Joe? Do I go with our baby? I 
I don't know where I was in such turmoil and she said just to go with you mm. and stay with you and she would go with you she'd be with you to go with Joe mm. I'll be with Sophie okay <laughs> great let's go let's do that several years later yeah we discovered they had been told from yeah from your mum not from the doctor yeah my mum told me that her and dad and your one of your brothers who'd yeah. come down the next day to visit yeah whilst they were all visiting you in Skaboo that they weren't to worry my kidneys were working again <laughs> yeah and we found that out it was years later because your mum ass- were... your mum assumed we knew it was after your accident yeah before mine what why so, what was the conversation that brought it up it was something about it was something innocuous about health and uh, and then Graham's like yeah like your kidneys oh I think like, what <laughs> what are you on about yeah what do you mean never had a problem with the kidneys so maybe like, you want to get your medical records as yeah. well but she was like but yeah apparently yeah was, your kidneys were failing my kidneys were failing what the fuck no doctor ever has told but isn't mom. that a part of um, pre-eclampsia yeah is it like, but I wasn't, aware, I wasn't aware of it. but that. it's quite a, off the top end of yeah, yeah. pre-eclampsia I think yeah and for but, them not to say anything yeah, yeah. Say we didn't have a clue but they've been discussing it with everyone else my middle brother <laughs> your mum and dad and your mum and dad <laughs> And it, yeah, I'd say it was years later because mm. your mum just never mentioned it because she just assumed yeah. we knew it was the parents. What? You were about? Oh, yeah, your kidneys failed. What do you mean, oh, yeah, your kidneys failed? What are you about? It, oh, was, yeah. it was a Saturday, all family, yeah. out for lunch. Sitting around for lunch. First house they had in Burnham. Just chatting away about shit. And yeah. Yeah, I can't even remember what started it now, but it was just something about health. And mm. of course, oh, yeah, your kidneys failed. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of horrific. Yeah. Didn't you go and ask your GP about it afterwards or something? Because after she's, well, you was, went and asked. It was when they put me on medication to protect my kidneys because That's of right. having diabetes for yeah. so long. They were going through, it was just general checks, diabetes checkup with the doctor's GP clinic. They said, right, ever had any problems with your kidneys? I said, well, you tell me. My mother's just told me that when my second child was born, her, my dad and my brother-in-law were told the next day, well, don't worry, her kidneys are bouncing back, everything could be fine. And he just looked at me and his mouth opened wide and said, I would need to see your maternity records because there's nothing in your GP notes. Because maternity records are kept separately. But he said, how old is the child? So I can't remember how old you were at that stage. And he said, okay, you've had no problems prior to that uh, since then mm. so we can assume that it was it. just a, a one-off I guess. pregnancy yeah. thing um, let's just but, assume but, but let's put you on these dialysis tablets. Yeah. Yeah, let's put you on these tablets. <laughs> it's tablets that do protect people with diabetes it does help protect their kids put you on the transplant list <laughs> yeah just so sure you never know in fact I better speak to your mum first <laughs> so yeah that was a bit of a shocker years later yeah but yeah i mean health these days sight problems because of diabetes nerve problems accident oh i was just thinking about you said oh sight problems because diabetes i can't remember when that kind of kicked in it was after the accident yeah it was after the accident um because i just it was probably a similar time because i'd started having reading glasses 
But and I then thought I was having had, problems like, laser at treatment work. and stuff. No, I think that was after the accident. I mean, my accident was one of those that, again, if it had been filmed, I'd have got 250 quid from You've Been Framed. Least your problems. They still happen now. I still see it. From yeah, places, and it, it was. Where we used to go places. <laughs> sale time in a clothes shop. Clothes have been pulled off the rails and were on the floor. I walked round the side of an aisle looking at pulling things and looking at stuff. Stood on it, tiled floor. My feet came up from under me. I went flying and I landed on my lower back, mm. my bum, my hip. And I just remember lying there on the floor saying, Somebody help me, please. Because nobody took any notice. Mm. And then the next minute, the staff were coming over with great big, thick, I mean, it was summertime, mm. great big, thick winter coats for the new, from the new range and just covering me up because I was just shaking so badly and they didn't know whether it was shock or cold or anything. I called an ambulance. I think it was the last day of term because I was going to say, I remember you picking trip. us up from school yeah. and giving us some sweets and then we, we were at the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we jumped straight to the hospital. Yeah, yeah, it was so, the last day of term because it's weird because I remember mine happened first day to Sunday. Mm. Well, no, the, no, yeah, Monday, Monday yeah, the first day, up, yeah. first day of term, and it's September, and then yours was, the, was the July. July. Oh, in the same year. Well, um, the, yeah, the following like, year, school year. Yeah, but yeah, so my back's never really. The pain's never gone. You just learn to live with it. Same with my hip. I will say my hip. It's like you've got a metal bar through your hip, and it's being tightened. But yeah, I think my sight started going, seriously going after that. Because I remember my dad asking if it was to do with banging my head on the floor or anything. Mm. So, But yeah, my sight is diabetic retinopathy and said earlier, um, cataracts. I've got diabetic neuropathy, which is where the nerves in my fingers and my arms probably now up to about the elbows and from my knees down to my toes, the nerves tingle all the time. It's like I've got... um, pins and needles really really bad or the relief when you don't feel anything then you go to stand up and you realize the reason you can't feel anything is because your legs have gone numb so picking up a drink Mm. i've got to make sure i can feel the heat from the mug i've also got some sort of neuropathy in what do you call this the esophagus larynx esophagus yeah uh the pipe that you swallow your food Mm -hmm. down the food i can't eat very much in one go it doesn't move down properly and into my stomach. Because um, they said, you know, I remember, eh? Didn't know that one. Yeah, I remember right. we were with you and you, t- you tested there's four different types in neuropathy. No, that was the, oh, that's the other thing. <laughs> that's the essential trimar. There's five different yeah. types of that. And I think um, you said there's only one you didn't have. <laughs> yeah, so um, you can have it in your legs, your arms, your torso, your head, and your voice. Yeah. And the only one at that stage when I saw him that I didn't have it in was my head and I do think I'm starting to get tremor in I don't my head. Even though I still can't pick it up in your voice. He said straight away as soon as I'm straight, oh, oh yeah. yeah. He said, oh yeah, you got it in no, your voice. No, he asked me to sing. Yeah. And I said, I, I can't <laughs> sing. You really don't want me to sing. He said, it doesn't matter yeah. what it sounds like. I just need you to la 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 la. Yeah, then. Yeah. yeah. But he said straight away, oh straight yeah, you got it in yeah. your voice. And then with... I've, so I've, never, I've the, never heard it speaking. Was he a specialist? Did you ever pick it up? Yeah. So then, yeah. yes, yeah. he He was a neurologist. But yeah, I was concerned because my dad's got Parkinson's disease. Some of my tremors were similar to his. His are pretty much all the time now, but initially it was when he was resting, he would tremor. And mine are task-based, so I go to pick up a mug or brush my teeth. I mean, I have knocked so many of my teeth with my toothbrush because the tremor goes 
putting the toothbrush in my mouth. So yeah, it's, I said to dad a couple of weeks ago, I've started doing yoga and I try to do 30 minutes yoga a day and it's very, very gentle. It's called restorative. So there's no standing up to do things. It's very, very gentle. There's some exercises that I can't do because of the issues with my left hip and my lower back, but my body is getting stronger mm-hmm. by doing it. I have Definitely. seen improvements, yeah. but I also have a lot of residual pain for the next mm-hmm. few hours after I've done it. There's a bit at the end of the session, and I think it's called Shavasana. Sounds like that. Shavasana, where you basically you, you hug your knees into your chest or to your stomach, take a deep breath, and then you just lay down flat, palms upright and everything, and you just... Be still for three minutes. Kind of loose. And I think the whole thing about it is that the mindfulness mm. that you push all of the thoughts out of your head. And it's just relaxing your body after about, the exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I have noticed several times now the left side of my body tremors when I'm, and it's not task based mm. because I'm just lying there. So I am worried that, because I was diagnosed with benign essential tremor mm-hmm. a number of years ago now. I am worried. They do say if you're younger when you get that diagnosis, that it can be misdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. And with my family history, um, Dad's got Parkinson's. I believe his mum had Parkinson's, although there's now a query it might have been motion neurone disease. I am worried that I have been misdiagnosed because that does happen to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I need to keep an eye on. Yeah. But yeah, so what else? I've got arthritis in my knees, <laughs> arthritis in my thumbs, my HRT, menopause brain, memory yes. shot to bits, yes. high blood pressure, that's dreadful anxiety, yeah, agoraphobia, agoraphobia, panic attacks. So that's kind of me and you up to date, really. Yeah. What about you? So I had a heart murmur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which, which was itself fine. and went within weeks. Yeah, then it probably was the Smurf, but I don't yeah. remember that. No. I remember swallowing a Smurf. In no. fact, I don't. So that's probably your I mean, story you were, more than mine. You were three because you were just old enough. You were making me lunch because yeah. you said afterwards, I said I want some crisps. And you were like, no, your throat's going to be sore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your brother was home from school because he'd got a really heavy cold. Went to do you both a sandwich. Your brother started screaming. I ran back to where you were and you had gone blue. So grabbed the phone and it wasn't a cordless one in those days it was a we were trendy they were cordless about but we had nice corded ones yeah (laughs) i've got that under my ear Uh, thankfully it was a push 999 rather than a dial 999 (laughs) while i've got you upside down on my knee and i'm actually slapping you back Mm. which is what they told me to do and then they said right the ambulance is on its way and i had to get your brother to get my desk chair, which was a wheelie chair, mm. which was in Under, the hallway, yeah. Mm. yeah, to wheel that to the front door because we'd realised when he was a toddler he could reach the normal height mm-hmm. of the lock, and if he opened that, we were on a main road. Mm. So we'd put a second lock higher up. So he had to get onto a wheelie chair mm. <laughs> on wood floor, on a yeah. wooden floor, <laughs> to safely open it mm. for the ambulance crew to come through, grab bits and pieces the smurf had come out by then but they said they wanted to x-ray you just mm. in case but yeah it was a little smurf from a kinder egg yeah yeah what was after the smurf cracking my head open yeah 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 because me and my brother i don't remember who got it for us we got a water science kit for christmas or something probably my dad he didn't give me 
inappropriate shit on. We were playing with that, and in the bathroom in that flat, an the, extended skirting board almost. Mm, was, and because I couldn't reach the sink, I would always stand, stand on, on that. It. it was boxed in pipework. Yeah, so we were playing, and then we'd finished or whatever, and I stepped down and slipped because it was wet, and then just cracked my head open. Yeah. And I don't really remember much about that either, to be fair. I remember just sitting in your lap when they're saying, oh, we're going to put some purple glue on yeah. your head. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was the glue. Yeah. Yeah, it was the first time I come across some glue, glue in the head I don't know together. where it is now. Do you want No, it was at the back because yeah. I sat backwards. Yeah. yeah. It was this side. I remember it being right. kind of here, but... You've not broken anything. No. I've broken my little toe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm trying to remember which one happened first. I think my knee was next. No, my hands, my wrists. I was at gymnast- gymnastics in PE, and I was stood on two people's shoulders. Yeah. Because they're like, you're the smallest, you're the lightest, you go up. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. And they're like, yeah, go up. <laughs> and then I'm stood up there, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you're doing really well. Let go. And I went, no, no, no. And I'm trying to hold onto their hands, and they're trying to get their hands out. So then I stand up for like two seconds, and I'm like, no, 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 grab my hands, I'm going to fall. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. I fall and do the same as you and put my hands down. And then my wrists were really hurting. And then there's like a lump yeah. in my hand. So we went to the doctors and they gave me like some gel to yeah. put on it in which it kind of went down. I think it was like, because they did an x-ray and it was fine, mm. but it was muscle or tendon. Yeah. It yeah. kind of fused or something. Yeah. So yeah, now I've still got a lump in my hand. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think that was next. Then then my knee, when granddad took us all to Pontins, because he'd saved those little vouchers in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. And there was me, three cousins, yeah. and my brother. Yeah. And we'd all gone swimming, and then we were racing back to the chalet, but Grandad had the key. Mm. So we got back, and we went, oh, we can't get in. And I think my brother went, my towel was hanging out the window to dry, so I think the window's still open. So we went, great. So we went to the window, although his wasn't open, but me and my youngest cousin, because we were, we were the girls, we were yeah. in one room and the boys were in the other room, our window was open. So we pulled that window out, we put my cousin in, and she was probably, what, seven at the time? Probably about seven. Yeah. And then we were, what, ten years older mm. plus. So we put her through the window, and she goes, I'm in! <laughs> she turns around like really triumphantly. <laughs> like, go to the other window and open that one, because there was mm. more space, because we had bunk beds. Yeah. So there was literally space for her, and that was it. So we're like, go and open the other window. None of us went, open the door. Yeah. <laughs> open the window and we're all climbing through the window so she runs around we go over to the other window she opens the window and then again they're like sophie you go first so they get me up and then i'm kneeling on the windowsill and then there's a bed right in front of me and i swear someone pushed me but they all claim they didn't (laughs) (laughs) probably did i know i fell forwards but because the where the window was open basically my knee got stuck under the between yeah. the window and the window frame so I'm basically hanging by my knee. Yeah. And then they managed to kind of get it out. And then I think it was uh, like a ligament mm. or something. But I remember doing I was doing my rookie lifeguard at the time because I yeah. couldn't kneel down and do CPR so I had to have one leg out stretched <laughs> and do CPR. But yeah. And then there was like a lump in my knee for a bit. Didn't you on one of those pontoons trips? Wasn't there an occasion where you know those bicycles? Oh, we fell out of them. Of you in, didn't it? Yeah. Totally tumble over. It went over. I think I had you, my youngest cousin on my lap. Were you as trying well. to do no, no, tight no. skids or something? No, um, it was really. I didn't like driving them because you were on. It was almost like a sidecar. Yeah. They had a bike and then a little seat. So I was sat with my youngest cousin on my lap, 
and then the oldest cousin was driving and we there was just a big car park where we could go yeah so we were just going round and then we hired two and then we would kind of swap around who was driving yeah and we were going around there, and I think he just took a corner too sharp, and it basically just all toppled over. Mm. But yeah, I had to like quickly grab my cousin <laughs> and make sure she Stay didn't do anything. Off. Yeah, and I sort of like bounced out, but no one really got hurt. But yeah, then probably breaking my toe. I basically just stubbed it and really yeah. hurt, and then I'm not even sure, but I well broke it. Yeah, <laughs> there's a massive lump in it now. Yeah, but yeah, I just stubbed it, and then it really hurt for a bit. And then over the next couple of weeks, it just there was a massive bruise, pretty much covering mm-hmm. my whole foot. And then I sliced my foot open at work as well when I was teaching. Yeah. Literally the cleanest cut ever. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. But I literally, I was stood by the steps and I just, I was sort of sitting down to talk to the kids and I sort of slid. Mm. And then it must have caught a tile roll or something. Well or something yeah. I think there was something like an earring or something poking out right. between the grout or there was something um but yeah and just perfectly sliced like right down the back of my foot but i was teaching so i couldn't really do anything about it i stayed mainly on the drains to try and contain yeah. it because i a lifeguard brain and my yeah. clearing this i was gonna be a mess so i'm walking on then there was only a few minutes left and then that was in the deep end and then i was teaching little kids in the shallow end with someone else so i walk the length of the pool mainly on the drains yeah i go past the lifeguard who's been there for years I just walked past him, like, oh, Stu, um, just come a foot open, there's blood up there, if you don't mind just clearing that up. <laughs> and he's like, oh, really? And he goes, and so I carry on, and then I teach, and I'm like, don't worry, I'll sort it out after I finish yeah. this lesson. Um, and he, I could just see him every now and again, just moving further and further, hosing all of this area down. And he came back, he was like, that was, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and then afterwards, he helped me wrap it up, but yeah, it was fine. <laughs> just a weirdly perfect cut. <laughs> you lost your sense of smell. Well... How long has that been gone but, now? Yeah, I think I was about 16 because I was baking cakes and mum would come in and go, that smells really nice. And I was like, oh, does it? I, I couldn't smell right. it. And then I realised I started to lose this yeah. smell. So I think I was 16 when I realised. Yeah. I don't know if it I thought you were a bit then. older. I'd have said you were 18. Yeah. Uh, when I was lifeguarding at 16. Yeah. But yeah, no, I had been to an ENT and they sent me for an MRI and no one knows. So, what I was going to ask, because... Oh, well, I had migraine mm. and I ended up in A&E. Yeah. I was at work when I worked at the um, deaf school and the shifts were split. So you work the evening, finish in the morning, come back in the afternoon, do the evening, finish in the next morning. And we'd done the first morning. I woke up with a headache and it was really weird. And then a bit later... I thought I'd looked out the window wrong, you know, when you catch the light and Mm. you see all the spots. I started Mm. seeing that, but I thought I'd just seen the light out the window wrong. So then all the kids go off to class and it's half nine and we finish shift and then we've got to come back in the afternoon. I'd stay, everyone else would go home because it was closer. So I stayed and I can never nap. It was a common, it was a running thing. There was a lot of us in our shift that would just go and nap in Mm. their um, work rooms. I was like, I can't nap. I can never nap. I can only nap if I'm ill. And I was like, feeling really weird started feeling sick so i was like, I'll just lie down and i did fall asleep for a bit woke up and i was like okay i feel a little bit better i'll go back on the computer and i'd normally like watch videos or go into town and get some lunch or something so i still feel weird and then i was leaning on the desk and my left like whole arm started going numb and i thought oh, that's really weird then i started feeling sick again so i went and threw up a few times <laughs> Then it felt like I had a dentist injection on one side of my mouth. That went really numb. Then I went to sleep again. And then at this point, I'm like, oh, I should text my boss and go, I might go home. So I texted her 
and she just didn't reply I'm like well I went to sleep anyway so I didn't see him and then yeah after all that I kind of felt better and then but I still have a headache and it was half two so my boss came back and I went down to see her and I went oh did you get my text and she went oh no I didn't see it so she pulls it out and I said oh I just felt ill and I told her she went you, you should have just phoned me and gone home <laughs> why did you stay I'm like well because I was fine <laughs> I went to sleep I was fine threw up she was like, well, that sounds really bad. Maybe you should go to A&E. So I went to A&E just because she made me. And then I came back and they were like, yeah, it just sounds like a migraine. Like, say that sounds like that could have been a stroke. Well, that's what my stroke. boss said. Yeah. But I went to the thing and she was, she was like, oh, yeah, it's just bad migraine. Um, gave me some painkillers and sent me on my way. So I was like, I'm back. <laughs> she went, well, are you not going home? I'm like, oh, that's just a headache now. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> so I stayed. So what I was going to ask. Yes. When did your I can't remember. When did your eye start eyesight start getting worse? When did you um, secondary school eyesight problems. I just can't. Mm. Rem- I think it was secondary school because I was sat at the back of the class and I would have to look at my friends' work because I couldn't see the board. Right. Um, and then teachers probably were like. In my head, I, just, about I know there's loads of pictures of you with glasses at certain periods, but I can't in my head figure out what I remember, when you started going to I see someone about your eyesight. I remember getting contacts for year 11 because it was in the summer where I just couldn't yeah. do it and I had to go practice back and yeah. I wanted to do it for September. I remember, you, oh yeah, I remember you practicing. So yeah, glasses must have been... I think it was only a few years. It was like year nine or something. Yeah. Year eight, year nine. Right. Couldn't really put a time scale on it. And yeah. You, it's weird. It's just been there for so, so long you... you can't think back to when it was. I never know what the difference is. Are you short-sighted or long-sighted? I don't think I know the difference. And at this point I don't think it really matters. I'm short-sighted, which means I can see from there onwards. <laughs> Well, I can't see from there. So I can see my hand... Right, if I put my arm... Uh, my hand at arm's length, it's blurry. Right. If I bend my arm straight up, I can... It's pretty much clear. If I was reading right. a book, I'm fine. You're fine. Yeah. Anything else is out. Right, okay. Right, okay. So if I put my glasses down sometimes, I can't find them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the reverse of me. Yes, yeah, so you need Yeah, you've glasses. got reading glasses. I need glasses just for reading. Yeah. And anything else, I'm fine. So, yeah. okay. I can't remember what the opposition said I was now. <laughs> well, I think if you're short-sighted, you see short distance. So you're right. far-sighted because you can see far distance. Yeah. But we'll fit and healthy. That concludes our topic for this week. If you want to get in contact, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Parents Evening Podcast. You can email us at parentsevening20 at gmail.com. Editor slash producer. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I am mad, I yeah. got stuck. <laughs>